people. Your most aggressive thing is not telling her to sit on your face, is it? Tell me it's I not don't, that. You don't think that's a yeah, I don't think that's an I think that's sort of more submissive than anything. Yeah, I think that's the first uh freeway exit on pegging highway. <laughs> not I mean I think it's fine. I I I have no problem with it, but I I think it's yeah, yeah well, it's more I mean, submissive. I you know, that. the problem with with submissive stuff is that I think it can be compelling in moderation. But sure. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships with frankness that is controversial, but mostly in good faith. I've collated what I hope will be an interesting group of topics to discuss today, including sexless marriages, the expectation for men to be dominant, how to undo rejecting a man, and more. I am Keith. My co-host is Mike. And Mike, we've been called out by a few folks for talking about sugar daddying too much. Should we impose a moratorium? Yeah, there was a listener who proposed <clears throat> that, and we—I uh, think I replied—and so that's not a you know whatever. Sure, I uh, appreciate that we have not gotten anybody complaining about us talking about escorts too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was implied that that was also included in the. Did was it? oh no oh brutal yeah I mean my guess is that his complaint is something like uh we're talking about a thing that is really only available to a small percentage of folks. And so our anecdotes and speculating around it is sort of less interesting. True. Although I assume the allure of TV shows like the real housewives and such are basically, or keeping up with the Kardashians, that kind of thing is just speculating, you know, what's it like in that car? You know, what's it like to be rich like that? So I know it seems like a, as American yeah. as apple pie, but fair enough, fair enough. I think there's a lot of other topics we can um, we can jump on here. Yeah, I want to clarify one thing. It was funny uh, at the beginning of our moratorium is a explosion of sugar daddying talk, but I want to clarify one thing before we don't talk about it for a few episodes, which is uh, we do talk about the website seeking.com a lot, uh, formerly seeking arrangement, and I do use it for dating, but I have never paid any women any money to go on a date with me. I, I use it because it's more useful than Tinder and Bumble for reasons that I've described on about 17 episodes of this podcast. So if you're interested, you can go back and listen. But I want to clarify that so that uh, people aren't confused about that, which I think that guy right, we completely, meant. We all completely believe you, Keith. Mm-hmm. Look, to the extent it's unbelievable, I understand <laughs> that. But I, but I just wanted to be clear that that is my claim. And it is also I got it. true. But of course, I might claim that if it weren't true. So I understand that's, that's a problem. Now. Yes, it's like, yeah, various uh, getting pegged. It's like getting pegged. No guy, yeah. for the most part, guys are going to say they haven't done it. Right. Yeah. Uh, we've avoided talking about this, but did you see that Alex Cooper of the Call Her Daddy podcast uh, got a $60 million deal with Spotify. That's a pretty small deal. Um, <clears throat> I would have expected more. You, I think if I, I listened while doing some yard work like a year ago, uh-huh. maybe longer, I listened to maybe 10 episodes of it and had some, it's a lot of yard I, it was work. fine. Uh, aren't the episodes like 20 minutes? No, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Okay. Maybe it was like five episodes then. It wasn't very right. many. Yeah, but uh, I didn't. I, it was it was good at first. It's titillating. Um, most of the, I think we may 
this this actually may be true. We may be the number one sex podcast hosted by men. That's probably right. Most yeah, of the think top that is ones right. are hosted by women. A lot of them are just literotica. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and the other ones tend to be done by women. And I think that that's because there is a certain element. Well, there are women who want to listen to women do that stuff. And secondly, there are men who get titillated by it. And I think this one falls into that latter category in large measure. Maybe that's wrong, though. You've listened more than I have. So what are your thoughts? Uh, so they got famous. It used to be co-hosted, but she had some sort of dramatic falling out. I don't remember the details. Uh, but they got famous in an early episode when she described her blowjob technique. It's called like the Gluck Gluck 5000 or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she went into considerable vocal detail. And there may have been some ASMR component. I don't, I don't remember. But hmm. that sort of catapulted them. And then, yeah, she talks about her personal life. She has a bunch of sort of catchphrase type things and she has a i think it's obnoxious but a sort of distinctive laugh i find it intolerable i I find it sort of boring i find it's sort of fake and she's trying to thread some needle of like wokeness while being scandalous and it's just uncompelling to me but man it is a apparently popular show spotify thinks it'll bring subscribers to them which they must we were we were hoping to get a deal for something like sixty sixty dollars, sixty thousand, just or sixty. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's ymmvpod at gmail dot com if you're trying to contact us, Spotify. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, did you? Let, let me. I'm going to paste this link to you. I saw a link to a new masturbation tool, and it looks oh good. I don't know. I actually didn't check the price on this. Okay, it's seventy dollars. It's called okay. the ArcWave POW. I don't know what. Maybe it's POW, Manual Stroker. Pow. And uh, the summary here says: Many guys would like to improve their self-pleasure routine, but are leery of sticking their member into a battery-operated gadget. The ArcWave POW offers an alternative. It's manually powered, no batteries required, using air pressure to pleasurably tighten during use. A pressure release valve enables the user to control the amount of suction it creates. And the super smooth, clean tech silicone inner sleeve accommodates all sizes. Cleanup is a breeze with a dual entry design, internal helix for faster drying, and ventilated lids that keep it protected after use. Um, I don't actually understand what it does. I mean, <clears throat> I will say that- I don't either. It says it's a manual stroker. So yeah, the total yeah. name here is the ArcWave Pow Manual Stroker. And the thing about it is, I mean, I don't want to belittle this device, but I feel like my hand is also a manual stroker. So I'm not <laughs> really super impressed by that description. Um, <clears throat> I assume, Yeah. So it, I'm thinking that that implies that it's not an automated stroker. So therefore you have to move your hand up and down. So mm-hmm. this sounds like the thing that I got mailed on accident from uh, in, in uh, Lake Tahoe. Uh, right. Than I used a few times. <clears throat> yeah. And it was fine. A uh, lot of lube requirement. And that one was just mm-hmm. sort of like this sort of fleshlight type thing. Um, the cleanup was really gross. Um, I don't know. It wasn't, it was, it was fine. Uh, <clears throat> for me, yeah. uh, it was, too, it was almost, it was, the stimulation was sort of, uh, 
not I couldn't control it to the extent to, in the well enough. So it it actually was significantly less compelling than my hand. But the thing is, once you've got it out and you've lubed it up and stuff, you kind of feel obligated to carry through with it. So uh, I, I I actually am not leery leery of sticking my member into a battery operated gadget. I would be leery of sticking it into. Well, for example, on efucked.com this week, I saw, oh, no. yeah, I know <clears throat> I saw a man who was, who put his penis in a running vacuum cleaner. Um, for those of you who've considered this, do not do this. Uh, <laughs> he actually seemed to be enjoying it for a while. It kind of, it kind of was, it was just the right diameter. So he was kind of thrusting it uh-huh. out and you could see like it was uh, the, the skin of his penis was kind of flapping back and forth a little bit, like kind of moving oh, around in an interesting like way. Like when you see no, people skydiving. Yeah, exactly. So it was doing that for a while, but then you've, by the way, seen the film of the woman skydiving naked, right? With her labia yeah, flapping. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Everyone's seen that. Okay. So, yeah. um, so similar to that, uh, but then he kind of loses control of it and it's it kind of goes too deep, flies too close to the sun and it looks painful. What happens? Well, the problem is that it's good as long as some air is able to pass by, but then it got too much suction. And I think it kind of, he's like, he can't get it off. And then he has to like reach over and turn it off. And by the time oh, he God. does, I think his penis is a little distended, maybe bruised. Yeah. So. I just don't have but, enough uh, yeah. curiosity to try exotic masturbation stuff. I mean, I tried the, what was it called? The Tenga egg or the, is that what it was called? Yeah. It was all right. I don't I think know. that's similar to the thing that I got mailed accidentally. Yeah. Uh, it's just too much trouble, I think. Would you, um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't try, I mean, for example, there are male, male analogs of the thing that you see all over Chatterbait and campsites where a woman is, it's basically a, a thing that thrusts in and out with a dildo on it. Like there are male analogs of those. You wouldn't try that. I, I think I would try that out of curiosity. I just think it would What's be expensive. What's the analog? Well, it would, instead of a dildo, wouldn't it just be like a cylinder? The, the point is it does the stroking for you. Yeah. I just feel like I can do the stroking myself better. Hmm. It's probably right. I think, I mean, look, this is, this is almost certainly an area that artificial intelligence will conquer. And so I, I can imagine a day when, I mean, right now, already lots of men, I see them because I have to video conference with people somewhat often and i see men with these special you don't have one of these right one of these special gaming chairs <laughs> no i don't i've just you know what i'm talking about yeah you see them on twitch yeah uh, sure i i i imagine there's a there will be a day when those have like some kind of attachment that you just pull around and it's just like some ai hand like a luke skywalker's new hand that he gets that just fucking jerks <laughs> you off and it'll be great it'll yeah right and, yeah. and it can it can maybe learn over time if you report satisfaction or something I could even have like, it could be like the matrix. I could have some probe so it can, it can uh, tell if you're like, you know, you're through your brain waves or something. Oh yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. All right. I guess neither of us are interested in this, uh, device. Um, okay. I promised actually at the beginning of last episode to talk about this, uh, sexless marriage topic. I'm going to, I'm going to read this post. All right. When does sex typically stop in a marriage? My wife said to me, sex is for single people in their 20s once, and I can't stop thinking about it. I'm 38 and she's 34, so we only have sex about once a month. I can tell it's going to get worse from here as the cadence is becoming more and more infrequent. 
I've asked five or six times throughout our marriage for more intimacy, and I'm always met with criticism. And the criticism is usually conflicting. Example, I need more foreplay. You do too much oral on me. Don't touch my nipples so much. No, I'm convinced that I'm just not good enough at sex. I talked to my therapist about it, and she told me that sex changes over the course of our lives, and it's okay to mourn that. I'll be honest, the idea of mourning my sexuality makes me want to panic cry. Is this how it's supposed to go? I'm so unhappy. Um, I think just that to clarify, was a female therapist. Yeah, it definitely was. Just to clarify, we don't have kids. We live alone with two dogs and two cats. Time is also not an issue since she has three days off a week. Hormones are always a factor, but I'm hesitant to blame that since she seems to like her IUD, and I and I just don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I haven't read the comments, but typically the comments have like this array of things like, oh, you need to help with the dishes more. You need to do this and that. It, like, right. it, it sort of like rejects the premise that a woman might not want sex. Yeah. I mean, there's an there. Yeah. I mean, that's, well, I, I thought I remembered reading this someone in, in the first comment was basically like, you're screwed. Yeah. Basically something like th- this, this, these don't, these situations don't get better. Yeah. The end <clears throat> of the, I think. yeah. The end of the first comment is, but at the end of the day, she may simply be LL. I don't know what that means. You have to decide. Libido. Oh yeah. You have to decide if what you have is what you need. It wasn't for me. I finally left. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think in these, I think that the, um, the tell in this situation is, I realize there's like a larger topic here. Um, but the tell in this situation, I think is the conflicting and nonsensical explanations. And the thing about it is I think that she probably believes the things she's saying when she says them, uh, Mm. she doesn't understand it herself. She's like, you know, I'm, yeah, you, you like you could bring her to the therapist, and she'd be like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't, right. I don't know." Like you could have some uh, schedule you set up, and she'd probably do it for a while. But the problem, like it, it's just like a fundamental problem, and I, I think it actually makes sense. Um, you know, all of us. What, I mean, if you remember your childhood at all, you remember being, say, I don't know, for everybody, say, at ten years old, you had zero interest in sex. Like I remember watching. Uh, I remember watching the ads during a football game when I was whatever grade, yeah, you know, fourth, fifth grade, and I noticed uh, that the ads would sort of zoom in and on and feature women's butts a lot, and I sort of yes. knew that was important, and I and I was like, why, why? And I remember wondering, I remember thinking, like, I don't get it, like, what? Why is there a fascination here? Hmm. Uh, and I genuinely didn't understand it. And I mean, what's important in that is to realize that that's a way your brain could be set up. And that's what's going on here. Um, it could be that yeah. if she had a different partner, it would change. It probably would, actually. There's probably some, you know, it's not just her. There's some inputs that would get a different outcome. Sure. But, but uh, all the, uh, yeah, the, to me, like once, once you get this, this series of kind of nonsensical and mutually conflicting explanations, there's nothing you can do. And she's not going to, totally be honest probably it, it'll be scary for her to be honest because like the natural result here is breaking up and she's not going to like that so what percentage of like american coastal city living marriages do you think are sexless in their 30s 40s 50s 60s yeah i always i think the stats on this suggest it's this reminds me of the stats for um for women orgasming in various numbers. I think the numbers are are skewed 
somehow by like reporting errors or something. So the numbers on this, I think, are usually like in the 10 or 20% range. I think it's like 60. I think it's much higher. At, at what age? The ages you said. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of function where it decreases over time. So like I would expect, I don't know what my intuition is on this. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm limiting it to like coastal city living marriages. So, you know, we're, we're sort of excluding weird religious stuff and... Um, I think weird religious stuff could actually increase it because it could, it could, if you're in a, if you're in an environment where that's more male dominated in some way for better or worse, the guy might basically feel like he can just demand it. And so then it doesn't, there's, there's no conversation. But yeah, I want to, I want to eliminate that from consideration anyway. So like both parties have equal accents, access or ability to remove consent. Yeah. Like I would guess like marriages in their thirties, I would guess something less than 50% are sexless. Um, and sexless would be like, you know, 10 or fewer times a year, I guess. Okay. And then, yeah, then 40s, it's something lower and 50s, lower still. And yeah, I mean, I bet- You mean higher. You mean yeah, higher. higher. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I do. At some point, um, yeah, I bet the majority of relationships are sexless. The majority well, of marriages. Well, people, people in their 90s, I'm sure it's essentially 100%. Sure. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, more into a more controversial take would be, yeah, I, I bet like after 55, the vast majority of marriages are effectively sexless. That that I don't have an intuition on. That's probably right. That's probably right because it-, it I don't know. My guess would- I'm speculating. Yeah, I don't either. I would guess that it depends very strongly at that point because you take, the, I mean, you, first of all, let's just assume that all the ones that were before remain, which is correct. They are. This, this situation does not reverse. Uh like I don't think I've ever put it this way. I don't think I've ever read a story. This is why why I say this. I don't think I've ever read a story where this reversed, ever. And there's an entire subreddit dedicated to this. And I've I've spent some amount of time in there, probably like an hour or two or something. I've actually sat and read a bunch of the things. You never encounter stories where this reverses. It's always like, and it makes sense to me. It wouldn't reverse because what it's what's going to change. Um, I guess okay. I guess somebody could. This have reminds like an, me actually. Yep. I did read a post about this reversing. Let me see if I have it in like an I, the ancient thing I was I was going to caveat it here. I, I think like it, it could be birth control, it could be like some sort of hormone or drug thing, it could be somebody losing a bunch of weight. There's there's some concrete objective things that what I could see doing it, but I'm very skeptical that a psychological change of heart would, would reverse this because it's not it's I mean it, frankly it's to me it's like um whether you're gay or straight. It's inbuilt and it, like the kid who doesn't understand why TV looks at women's butts, the gay guy is like, look, I don't find women attractive. Well, in the same way, the the man yeah. or woman in this situation is just like, look, I just don't like. There, there's just nothing there. And right. so, like the the process you need to get into psychologically, it just doesn't happen, and it's kind of mysterious, sort of. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, you find. I it? found the post. Yeah, it's deleted. Unfortunately, it's from seven months ago. Um, okay, but uh, I can still see the subject, and I remember it vaguely, but not enough to actually have a coherent discussion. But I've seen this this particular thing mentioned a few times, uh, and the subject is: my wife and I just completed a thirty day sex challenge. It has saved our marriage. Mm. I have heard of this a few times, where people yeah. there's some book about this actually. It might be called the thirty day challenge or something, and people really make an effort for thirty days to have sex every day. And so it becomes a matter of when, not if, 
And uh, like I, yeah, my guess is that the partner who is less interested builds up an array of defense mechanisms. Um, you sort of sort of mentioned this uh, before, like she had these sort of incoherent things, like I need more foreplay. You do too much oral on me. Don't touch my nipples so much, right? Like she's sort of just deploying whatever she can to sort of avoid having sex. But if you change it to when, not if, maybe for 30 days, that can like build some new patterns. I'm not sure. It's just, this is a thing that I've seen a few times. And I wish the post wasn't deleted because it, it went into some detail, but. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's believable gone. to me that that could, that, I mean, it, I could imagine that. First of all, I, I suspect that in those situations, you're not actually at this extreme level in the before. Maybe yeah. you just have a couple that has a small baby or they both have jobs or something and and the, the desire is not gone. This is actually like a situation you're that's being described where, where one partner is just like, they're just like, look, I don't care about this. And I'm, I, I yeah, could it happen? Yeah, I could have, I'm not saying it's impossible that somebody could do a 30-day challenge like that and have it fixed. I think it's much more likely that the 30-day challenge would just make the LL partner angry and resentful and it would just, it would end badly. Yeah, I mean, in some ways it could be considered uh, I mean, tantamount to rape, right? Like you're well, they, basically presumably they're consenting. Forcing I mean, you know, somebody who doesn't want to have sex with you to have sex with you 30 days in a row, right? Like it, tantamount's a little bit strong, but it's uh, you know, there, there's something there to consider. I mean, it's it's a really different difficult situation and 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 the the thing I think is that the reason I think the percentages are so high relative to what people say is just because, first of all, it can be either partner who does this, as we've discussed before. And yeah. and I think that uh, for both partners, as time goes on, the odds that they – it's two things. One is that the odds they find the other person attractive or compelling are going to reduce because there's – just like they know them better and better. But secondly yeah. – there, there are a lot of behaviors that people have that make sense to me uh, sort of evolutionarily in terms of like, well, you need to ensnare this person, have a kid and stuff like that. But then at some point, it's, it stops mattering. Like it, there's, no, there's no benefit. There's no selective or um, differential benefit to, to continue, you know, continuing to be – actually, like I think you could argue – continuing to be aroused by your partner. I think you could actually argue that there's a, a harm evolutionarily, that it would be better, say, for the man to move on to a different woman. I actually think – I'm not going to bring up the taboo topic here, but I think it could make more sense for a man, the thing men do, where they trade in their wife and they basically – well, that's a rude way of saying it, but they basically get someone 20 years younger. I think that actually in some ways can make more sense because the guy's job is to spread his seed, right? And he's finished yeah. doing it already with the one woman. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just, I feel like the emotional dynamics of trying to have an ethically non-monogamous relationship are probably such that it's better to just suffer in a sexless marriage, uh, but better depends. Like if you have children and you want to see them a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. You could, you, it depends what uh, function you're trying to optimize. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not at, uh, 
this age yet, but I have, uh, so there are very clearly in the demographic that I see, there are sort of break points. I mean, for the most part, when you have your kids in preschool, uh, the parents are married for the most part, not a hundred percent, but are they're together. Regardless. Yeah. And there's various yeah. points at which it sort of break up. I have a very strong suspicion that like there's one at the end of high school where like a lot of marriages break up. Yeah. Because, because of right. exactly what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> right. The, the downside risk of like not having access to these creatures you created is greatly right. mitigated. <laughs> and it, I, I could imagine it not even being acrimonious. Uh, it to be because these people have been together a really long time and they might have wrestled with things like this and just come to a conclusion that like, look, this is, there's no point in fighting about this anymore. Like you do your thing, I'll do my thing and we'll be friends. Yeah. Well, and it, if you don't even feel physical jealousy, then there's less to get worked up about. Anyway. All right, let's move on. That's true. Um, yeah. Okay. This person says, women sometimes say to me, you can do whatever you want to me. And then they get disappointed mm. when I try to cuddle. Apparently do whatever oh. you want to me actually means I want you to read my mind and dominate me in specific ways that I like. I'm a burly six foot eight bearded tatted dude. Women assume I'm this rough daddy dom or something, but I'm a teddy bear. If you tell me I can do whatever I want, I will cuddle you, eat you out, give you a massage, finger you, make out, etc. But this often disappoints women who say this to me, who apparently expected me to, to know that do whatever you want meant choke me, spank me and call me a whore. This might be a specific to me problem, but it's come up enough that I just find it odd. It's cool if you want a spanking, but just say that. I can't read your mind. I don't want to slap you. I want to hug you. So I'm a little bit confused by what his complaint here is, because he says, if you want me to slap you, just say it, which implies he's actually okay with that. But then he says that if he had his druthers, he would just cuddle them. So I I don't know. (laughs) Setting aside like the inconsistencies here. Uh, I think he's experiencing this thing that uh, I think pop culture has created increasingly, which is, yeah, I think women more and more are expecting men to be quite dominant. And I'm not sure if women actually prefer that or not, or think they prefer it. Uh, do you have an opinion? Well, a couple of things. I, we, I think we did a topic similar to this one within the last like few episodes. Yeah, it's come um, up quite a bit. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, I remember one viewpoint that I encountered was that do that the man who thought that the phrase do whatever you want was code for anal, which I sort of agree <laughs> with. I will add yeah. that um, uh, I had a girlfriend whose code for anal was put it where it's not supposed to go. <laughs> which I'm going to like better. Uh, so if people want to get that ner- terminology like that going, yeah. I kind of liked it. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it's, you know, it's like saying down there or whatever. Anyway, uh, the, the, in terms of what they want versus what they should want, um, I think it's tricky because, uh, well, they're, they're, yeah, this is a, this is a hot topic. There, there's a lot of, anti whatever you call like toxic masculinity stuff out there uh-huh. and so men then are reluctant to uh behave in overtly masculine ways and it makes sense that that's what women actually want men to do for a variety of reasons but most of them are just it makes sense that it would be their programming because in prehistoric times that's what you would be looking for as a guy who can kind of cleverly 
protect the family and be a good provider. Um, and so I think it is probably what they should want in that regard. Now you could say, well, uh, in a modern context, is it what they should want? Well, I'm not sure. I, I, st I actually think the answer is still yes, because even in a modern context, women are pretty vulnerable during their period of time when they're having kids and when the kids are small. And so there is some extra expectation on the man. So getting a is, guy who's not, yeah. Is being physically aggressive in bed, let's say, you know, choking and slapping, for example, uh, analogous to being a better protector? Like, couldn't you make an argument that being, I don't know, sensitive and a cuddle, what does he call himself? A teddy bear? Uh, doesn't that signal some sort of willingness to be there and protect? I mean, it depends on what he means. If he if he's smoking yeah. weed and, and and his eyes roll back and he's sitting in a big easy chair, that's not as compelling than if as if he's uh, like there's that there was for a while a TikTok meme of women. Uh, they would what do they call that stitch videos of themselves with this guy who was chopping wood. He was chopping a, a stump. Uh -huh. And they would act like they were very impressed with that and they kind of turned them on. I, I don't know if they really were turned on by it, but I could I could see it being compelling to them. Uh, so if this guy, you know, is out chopping wood and then comes in, you know, they live in Alaska, it's cold out, he comes in, he takes his coat off and then cuddles with her, that's probably different. Um, I think that in a lot of cases, the physical abuse thing, unfortunately, like relates to abuse that the women have suffered really, yeah, past other times in life. But all that being said, um, I, I think that there's a psychological thing there where women, um, as long as you're not physically hurting them, you're basically demonstrating the ways you would protect them. Right. So they, so it's kind of exciting or, um, exciting is the wrong word. It's, it's, uh, makes them feel safe in, in a curious way. Right. You're, you're, you say, Oh, look at all the things, look what this guy could do to an intruder or somebody trying to impregnate yeah. me. I just, yeah, I don't know where like the bounds on this are, right? So you can be, so an extremely passive man in bed. So, you know, like somebody who, you know, always Someone wants like to you. have mi missionary sex, not like me. Uh, and like, you know, never, you know, leads to like change position and, you know, doesn't really, I don't know, seems shy or like like those sorts of quite, things obviously hang on, hang seem on. unattractive okay hang on you you've described the passive end what do you think is the thing you do that is the most aggressive the the you know the least like that passive man you just described i, I can go first if you want uh yeah i guess i don't understand what you're asking so go ahead oh like what what sexual behavior do you think you have that or do you know you have that puts you that puts you cl most clearly if 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 you only uh, if if all i knew about you was that you did all the things you just said the passive man do does uh admittedly the most passive man would be a man who doesn't even find a woman to have sex with but but let's say he does and, and he does missionary and all the things you said and then but then i knew there was one additional thing that you did that and and that's to indicate to me that you are not the passive man what would you say and the thing that i would give is definitely uh the uh, the oral sex where you're thrusting in and out of the mouth i think for me i think i feel like that's pretty dominant in an activity that i enjoy right 
yeah, I guess face fucking implies a sort of, I mean, yeah, we've talked about this many, many times, but yeah, I mean, I feel like face fucking implies a total disregard for, um, your partner. I hear you. I it's, you're, you're going to, you, it won't work if you try to shame me. I, I, it make, I think it makes me great, but let's, what's your, what's yours? Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. Not... I mean, like, I don't like, um, mm. sort of, uh, I don't like face fucking because I think okay. it's sort of demeaning. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even actually know if I don't like face fucking. It's just not something uh, that I'm, I'm interested. Oh, jeez. It's, but what's, but you understand what I'm going for here is what's the, th- what, where do you, where, where, what do you to I show the can, woman that you're. I think I can, I think I can competently take the lead and guide like sexual encounters that cover an array of bases. Right. Your, so your most aggressive thing is not telling her to sit on your face. Is it? Tell me it's I not that. You don't think that's a, yeah, I don't think that's an, I think that's sort of, I don't know, but you can debate, but I think that's more submissive than anything. Yeah, I think that's the first uh, freeway exit on Pegging Highway. <laughs> Not, I mean, I think it's fine. I, I, I have no problem with it, but I, I think it's yeah. yeah well, it's I mean, submissive. I you know, that. the problem with with submissive stuff is that I think it can be compelling in moderation, but sure, if you're always submissive, right, and you like never take the lead in anything, and you're sort of forcing the woman to basically be in charge. I think there are some women that like that. I think it's like less than 5%. Um, but I think that's right. I think it's it's actually somewhat uncommon. It's 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 if they're made to do, but yeah, right. It's it's exactly this issue, but I it's still so you the thing you're mentioning is just the general thing of being the uh the conductor, the orchestrator of the the activity. You don't have Yeah, some I mean, move. I don't think there's any other possible thing to say if I don't I mean, I just haven't really experimented much. Well, you could with say doggy. Ex- explicitly, okay, fine. I I do enjoy doggy style sex. Do you do you, do you? Is it like you flip them over? You like kind of put them in that position, and then you do you do it vigorously so it kind of shows them who's boss, or is it like a <laughs> yeah? Teddy I mean, bear? I think that's. I mean, that's sort of how it's done, right? I mean, I guess you could do it with a loving caress, but that's not really the. Uh, that's not. That's not the right. Uh, what's the what's the right word here? That's not the right um, speed for that position. Okay. Okay. So I mean, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. I, I think that would qualify if you said like, yeah, you you typically in your encounters you 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 like to flip her around so she's not facing you, show her who's boss a little bit. Yeah, that that feels dominant to me, right? Do you you don't like? Yeah, I suppose uh, you don't like have her in the dog and then you like sort of. Caress, you know, kind of cradle her chest and bring her up to you so you can kiss her, right? You keep, you make sure her head stays down, right? <laughs> but didn't we, didn't we have a su- subject on this the other day of somebody who was like constantly trying to kiss his partner during doggy and she didn't like being Probably. contorted? <laughs> it's like, you didn't answer the question though. Which, no, I do, do not. I do okay, not. I don't, I don't, I, I agree with that post we read a few yeah, okay. episodes okay. ago. Where... Well, I think that qualifies. Like it's, it's not, it's pretty vanilla, but it qualifies. Like you, you're not in the category of that guy. I don't remember why this came up by the way. Oh, it was just general aggressiveness. Yeah. Like how, yeah. If you don't enjoy some of the more, um, I don't know, entry level, uh, aggressive things like choking or slapping or, uh, negative, uh, 
dirty talk. Um, yeah, like how do you, yeah, like how do you establish yourself as a capable man? I think and, at the most basic level, the guy, yeah, the guy needs to be orchestrating the action, uh, taking his pleasure, you know? Yes. He has to be, yeah, enthusiastically taking it in a way that, uh, the woman feels like, yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she's an object of desire of, of right, like exactly. sort of carnal desire. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's right. And, and, uh, and so while I, yeah, I think there's a middle ground here, but you don't have to be slapping the person or whatever, but you can, uh, show that you have, yeah, that you have a need that they're fulfilling. And I think it does give her a picture also of how you would defend her and the family if necessary or something. I think there's some, like, I think that's part of the excitement for the woman in that situation is like, Ooh, you know, he's yeah. Look at this animal. Powerful he is. Yeah, exactly. And that's exciting to her because yeah, you would be yeah. And that's why like a very short man who is not very strong and picks his nose a lot would be less compelling. <laughs> right. Okay. Just kind of a whiny little loser. Like that's not going to get right. you anywhere. Yeah, I mean, but there's yeah, there's some there's some interesting. I mean, I guess we already had it, but yeah, there's an interesting conversation to be had there around like yeah, like how little is how little interest in various demeaning activities is too little. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah. How, how little is too little. I mean, you, yeah, you came up with the guy that's like the absolute minimum. Um, uh, I think, I think if, I think zero is too little. I think one sure. might be enough. I think one might be enough. I think if you, if you like, although it could get boring if your only move is to flip her around to yeah. the dog, like it might well, be good it, to have like three moves. Yeah. It, it depends on the woman too. Anyway. All right, let's move on. Uh, this person says I've been offered sex and I denied it. Now I have a big regret backstory. I'm a 24 year old female and was at a work party when my colleague, a 22 year old male flirted with me the entire night. After the party, we went to a bar, danced, talked and cuddled in the couch. Around 3 a.m., he asked me to crash at his place, implying he wanted to have sex. <laughs> I would say a 3 a.m. invitation to crash at his place was probably correctly read as an invitation of sex. I said no and told him I was expected to be home when in reality, I was afraid of the consequences resulting in a one-night stand with a younger colleague, and I'm not particularly interested in forming a relationship with him. I'm severely regretting my decision because he's really hot and I'm completely infatuated. Now, during work, I look over at his desk, expecting him to approach me like he did at the work party, but he never does. How do I progress with this, or have I lost my shot? So I have some opinions on this, but I, I want to hear your initial reaction. Well, I think I think that um, I, lost your shot, I think, is wrong. But I do think that when a guy feels like there's an opening, and then the opening gets shut by the woman, men are pretty, most men are pretty well trained to believe that to say, okay, well, you know, she has a boyfriend or there's some, there's something going on here. And so she would have to, and, and, and giving him hints wouldn't probably be sufficient, uh, in the future because she has, um, rejected him ex as explicitly rejected. I don't think it's that he's like butthurt. I think it's just that he thinks, okay, like I'm not like, this is, this, yeah. is, this is, is a waste She's of time. In border, yeah. And borderline, like things like, I mean, every guy I think remembers, I mean, I certainly had experiences in high school or when I was a kid where I tried to talk to 
uh, a girl. I can't remember specifically. I mean, know this happened and like her boyfriend came up. Like, so, you know, when you're in a really tight situation, like a, a high school or whatever, that can happen where you actually have some sort of physical encounter. And guys are kind of attuned to that. We don't want to be perceived by the boyfriend as, or whatever, as, as going after the girl, because then we could get physically injured. I mean, it's actually a risky thing to do. And so he took it to be that. And so she just needs to, in a moderately non-subtle way, the best thing for her to do would just be to just tell him. If she can yeah. muster the courage, just I tell him, like, right. yeah, I, I, I'm interested in you. I'm not dating anyone. I I just was tired. Whatever. Give some reason, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think she just needs to clarify, and she's fine. I, I think it's sort of interesting that like i don't think a man in this situation would ever feel torn he would just say yes but because she has basically such copious uh availability to her she could sort of afford to turn things down and and, and yeah i think and that yeah, i think also, the, yes, well, the, yeah yeah go ahead there is some rate of men uh well yeah so let's say men who are single that aren't in a, you know, don't haven't made some commitment or something to somebody that would turn down like uh, easy sexual opportunity, assuming they aren't sick or have diarrhea or something. It's extremely low. I mean, it's, it's, uh, um, it's certainly in the single digit percent. It's very, very low. So right. yeah. And whereas right. for a woman, it's kind of high. And so the guy's going to make all kinds of assumptions. He doesn't want to be rude. doesn't want to get hurt. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's the work thing that's complicating this. Um, okay, well, you basically had the take that I had. So yeah, I had, a, I had a woman that I met at a job. This is not the one that used to come over and get under my desk and blow me. That was kind of gross. She used to do it after hours. It was weird, right? I mean, yeah, it was fine. That. It was nice to be able to send somebody an IM and they just come over and it's like, <laughs> all right. But uh, this is not her. But this was another one, uh, and. Uh, she was clearly, we hit it off. She was very clearly very interested. And I learned that she had a boyfriend in the office. And so I was actually in the situation where, uh, where it was tricky. And I actually, I managed to get her to break up with him. I did it. Did you, why did you want her? Did you want her to do that? Did you, was she not interested in hooking up with you because she had a boyfriend? That's right. Yeah, she said things like, "Well, okay. she was sort of evasive." It was, yeah, she was evasive about her reasoning, and then ultimately, I said, "Oh, I, I know what's going on. You have a boyfriend." She said, "Yes," and he worked. Sorry, right? I maybe I didn't say this. He worked there, and then what I did yeah. is I just I, I I don't know how I knew enough about his background, and I just started making fun of him, and I successfully <laughs> like destroyed her 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 view of him, and became right. it was more compelling, and that was a successful strategy. So okay, now. It was great. How long did you entertain this woman after she had uh, broken off her relationship with this other man? Uh, so this job did not last long. Uh, it was very short. Uh, and so uh-huh. uh, when I finished the job, uh, I did actually, it was one of the jobs I had where I stopped showing up. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, that's not exactly right. I, I did that later. This was earlier, but it, I, it was not the way I quit was not, it was abrupt. Uh, but, uh, that marked sort of the, the end for the most part. So it was, it was only, uh, like three months. Okay. Maybe four. All right. Well, 
It's better than three days, which is what I thought it may have been. Mm -hmm. No, no, I didn't do that. It was, I would, I don't, no, I wouldn't have, I don't think I would have been willing to expend the effort. And also it is a little risky. I mean, when you, when you start trying to break up someone, I, I probably should not have done that. Right. It was actually a bad idea because there are all kinds of crappy things that could have happened, but I, I just needed to, like, I, I was like, I got to get in there. It was worth, worth yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on. This topic is one that we've covered uh, several times, but it particularly bothered me. The comments in particular bothered me, so I'm going to read it. Yeah. Boyfriend says he isn't horny after he finished, therefore does not want to help me finish. Got into an argument with my boyfriend this evening after we had sex. He finished and I did not during PIV. I wanted to orgasm, so I put his hand down there, hoping he would finish the job. He was quite unenthusiastic about it, so I took his hand away and told him it's okay. I then brought up how I feel like sometimes my pleasure doesn't matter. He said he isn't horny after he orgasms and doesn't feel like finishing me at that point. He said he wants to pleasure me, but ideally it would come before him. But ideally I would come before him so he doesn't have to do anything after he comes because at that point he is tired. My perspective on this is is that's bullshit and makes me feel like my pleasure doesn't matter. As long as he gets his, then the goal has been reached and I'm shit out of luck if I don't finish before him. It would be nice to not have to ask for pleasure and to not have to advocate for my pleasure. It always, I always make sure he is satisfied, and I find it quite unfair that my satisfaction is subjective. I tried to bring this up in a way that wouldn't be hurtful because the sex between us is passionate and it is satisfying. I guess I just wish he was more enthusiastic about satisfying me even after he finishes. I know I'm trying to control things that are out of my control, but I just want to see what everybody's thoughts are on this. Any suggestions on how I can approach a subject matter? Any advice? Um, well, let me read a couple of these comments that bothered me because, yeah, uh, I know after I come, my horny levels drop like crazy. So I always pleasure my wife first. It just makes the most sense. If your partner isn't interested in that, then they suck and you should find someone who does care about your pleasure. Um, yeah, that's a problem, but really common. The typical solution, if the guy wasn't being a total asshole, it is to not allow PIV until after you've been satisfied, then it's his turn. But it seems like dumping his sorry ass out on the street is the best solution here. Hmm. Um, it goes on. In fact, those those two are like two of the more tame ones. But yeah, this notion that like she should break up with him because he's not horny after he comes is preposterous. <laughs> Um, it's particularly preposterous in light of if you if you reverse the roles in a certain way, these people would all exactly say the opposite. Well, right, right. and said, that oh, is setting aside that's setting aside the like hormonal and chemical differences between men and women, right? So, like after a woman comes, she doesn't immediately fall off a cliff of horniness like men do. But oh, sure, yeah, even setting woman, that aside, go ahead. A woman who is not horny when she's on her period, say, and the guy is like, "I want you to give me a hand job." And she's right. like, I don't want to. They would be very supportive. I mean, and I think it. I think in that case, because it's there's a definable, very clear time frame. We're not talking about like mm-hmm. something that lasts forever. Or it's going to create a dead bedroom. We're talking about for the guy something that's going to last twenty minutes or something. Uh, the the, the uh, and although he may even after that he may not feel like it, but that it'll be a little different then. I don't think that him, I think he communicated poorly about this, saying that he's tired is not, that doesn't help a woman understand what's going on. I think a, I was trying to think of an analogy while you were saying, or, you know, talking. It's, it's something like a better way to understand it for a woman is something like 
you know, if, if, if you've ever been, if you've ever gotten like general anesthesia, uh, where they have you count down from 10 and you put something in your arm and then like something profoundly changes about you. It's, it's more like that, that he's had some drug inject injected into him that really makes it not very fun to do it. He can physically do it. It's not that he can't, it's just, it really, it really isn't very fun. Um, and so saying it's not that he's tired, that's, that's a bad communication. If he was just tired, that would actually be less of a good argument, right? It would still be an argument, but it'd be less compelling. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we've been through this before. I mean, it, it's, there is a massive asymmetry in experience and I do agree that if, um, I mean, yeah, I think it's just a numbers thing here, right? So like if you're never orgasming because he's always coming first and then just giving up, that's particularly bad. If you're orgasming some X percent of the time and then we can negotiate what X is, I think that's sort of normal. And then if you're orgasming, you know, some material amount more than X, you should sort of, I don't know, consider yourself lucky. But yeah, I think women generally should aim to orgasm before the man does. I, I think that's just a better I mean, way for things. And then when that's not achieved, when that's not achieved, then yeah, some amount of the time the man can sort of like roll up his sleeves and go to work, but it's not going to be that pleasurable for him. And uh, women should try to keep that in mind. Yeah. The, uh, a couple things. Uh, I know I'm, I'm well aware that there's some sort of old aphorism that men, the thing men like is naked women or whatever. And the thing that women like is making men do things they don't want to do. So I'm aware of that kind <laughs> of concept. And maybe, maybe here she gets off, you know, it's a little like, yeah, she gets off on making him, you know, finger her or diddle her when he's totally not in the mood because he just orgasmed. But I don't think, I think in general, both the genders, it's much more fun for them during sex for the other person to be into it just in the same way that it bothers you because you don't, you, you have difficulty believing or understanding that a woman could be aroused and enjoy giving you a blow. Um, that's a turnoff for you because you've convinced yourself this couldn't be compelling. Now, uh, it would be a turnoff for any man uh, if the woman clearly wasn't into it. Let's say there was something about your penis that made it smell bad or something. But you then know, uh -huh. well, not for any man. I know there's like German shisa porn, but it's setting that aside. Uh, for the most part, men would not like that. And I would think that the woman, once she understands how uncompelling this is, actually, that would be a pretty big turn off for her. And so it's not just uh, for the guy's benefit. Um, it's, it's for the woman's benefit. And I'm aware that there are situations like the gay male situation where women become, women too, become less, much less aroused after the orgasm. And I don't have a good solution there, which is why I've never really understood what gay men do in that regard. I think- yeah, I think one like of them a, is to hold his nose and take the nut. Yeah, I think so too. That seems like a pretty annoying part of gay you relationships. Could, with gay, with if you're gay, you could in principle just have another guy. Like you could have a daisy chain of men, right? And so you would <laughs> by the time. But of course, yeah. So I'm setting aside having it be two, two, a two person relationship. But if you got up to enough men. Then it the, would be the okay. First man has refracted, and he can. Yes. So if it takes know. say twenty minutes to refract, and it takes say five minutes to get someone to orgasm, perhaps you only need four men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, you've you've, you've so that could be a solution that he could offer. He could offer her. You say, look, if we were in an MFF situation, well, you could have the other woman give you a role. That would be kind of a compelling solution. Yeah, we should move on. But I, I wanted to mention something. I've heard from three different women that after listening to our spiel on this about how. Uh, the experience of pleasuring a woman after the man has orgasmed is not super great. Um, yeah, I've heard three different women, and Allie included, that, yeah, that was sort of like a surprising thing to them or they didn't like fully understand that. And now that they understood it, it actually <laughs> makes the experience of a man trying after he's orgasmed like less compelling because they know that they're just pretending at that point. Yes, it's like watching performative porn. Right. Um, and it also is probably a, like a little bit of a decoder ring for them to understand some potentially confusing experiences they had in the past where they thought, yes. oh, he just doesn't like me or he's just a user. And it's like, not exactly. He uh, he might right. like you plenty. He just doesn't like you for the next 20 minutes. Right. He, yeah. He's okay with you, but he, he, won't, he doesn't want to play with your vagina. Right. And if somebody is doing that like... I mean, it could be a great sign if they're like doing that a ton, but I, yeah, I, I don't know if it's long-term sustainable without him building up some resentment, at least. I just, yeah, I just don't think it's better. It's good for either of them because she, yeah, she's not, yeah. So, yeah. All right, let's move on. All right. This person says, my boyfriend thinks all attempts at intimacy is me trying to initiate sex. I do have a way higher libido than my partner, but after a few talks, it's not been an issue. I understand his needs, and I feel he understands mine right up until recently. We both got very unwell. I ended up in hospital for a couple of weeks, and when I got out, I went to go to visit family for a bit as I was already as it was already planned. When I got back, I was still ill, and he has sustained a gym injury, which meant we'd had very little want or ability to have sex for about a month, which was never happened before in a relationship. It's always been an agreement that there was no pressure to maintain regular sex if, sex if we're ill. So I'm not sure if it's because he's missing it, but every time I try to kiss him, he assumes I'm trying to initiate sex. There's nothing inherently wrong with this. I'm the sort of person who's always up for it, but sometimes I just want to kiss and cuddle. I don't want him thinking I'm always trying to turn it into something more. Any advice is appreciated. I feel it's messing with our intimacy levels because I know he's not wanting sex multiple times a week, but he's assuming every time I kiss him that I'm trying to lure him to bed. So I've stopped kissing and cuddling so he's not under as much pressure. Okay, yeah. So I thought this was interesting because I think in most adult long-term monogamous relationships, actually forget the monogamous part, uh, yeah, people expect that if you initiate hooking up it's going to lead to sex. Like I, I, I'm not sure her partner is sort of, yeah, I don't think he's acting out of pocket here. I think his expectation that if she starts trying to make out with him, that she expects to have sex. I think that the genders on this complaint or this type of situation usually would be reversed. Mm. Um, I guess that's kind of obvious. Yeah. Um, I think this is a really, really common, I know this is a really, really common female complaint that essentially, so the thing you said, uh, our two and a half female listeners might've slammed down their phones because I think they would view this as, uh, we have more than two and a half. I was kidding, but we, they, uh, they would view this <laughs> as, uh, you not understanding that like this is a real problem that women face that they want intimacy that doesn't always lead to sex and it's annoying to them 
to, and I actually don't really have a good solution for this, but it's annoying that a man will view, essentially, I think that frequently the way this works is a man views um, the going, you know, trying to kiss or whatever, caress her as a question. And if she reciprocates, well, okay, well, then he's going to have an orgasm. So that basically, yeah. like, she has to make this really abrupt decision. And I think that that is a thing that in a good uh, relationship with good communication could be solved. I know there are some, so now when I'm talking, while I'm talking, there are some solutions people have, like, for example, uh, the, the partner who has this feeling, like, say, the woman in the situation I'm describing, but it would be the man in this other one, has yeah. something they do with their appearance to indicate whether they're up for sex. Like, yeah. They wear a particular color headband or some just yeah, some yeah, yeah. BS that they do. I've, I've and I actually think that's this, yeah. yeah, that's kind of an interesting idea because then you can take the pressure off. Um, but it also would be useful f- to have a way, and I'm not sure what this would be. It could be just just talking or saying something, but have a way to communicate. I'm just doing this to cuddle or whatever to have like a moment of intimacy, and I'm not trying to initiate. And like this is a problem generally. Yeah, I mean, this feels like. It could easily be solved by just having open communication. Um, it's by the way, one interesting thing that 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 one 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 uh, ironic or not one one element that's sort of a twist to this is that you will often see women who say, uh, "Oh, I want you know foreplay throughout the day. I, sex should last. Sex should start in the morning." Uh-huh. And then only, you know, so he should be teasing me and stuff. Well, one of the difficulties with that, it's an interesting idea that he should be sort of, you know, whatever, kissing you or caressing you, like sort of getting you in the mood all day. I'm not sure it actually works that way. I actually think it kind of doesn't. But there's another problem, which is that uh, in many cases, if the guy starts to do that in the morning, she's going to reject him because she thinks, oh, well, I don't want to have sex right now. So right. then there's like another another like wrinkle to that, that the thing that she says she, that many women say they want, and I guess in this case, it might be the man who's saying he wants it, maybe he wants more foreplay, is uh, is ex- directly uh, made impossible by their, by this, by this dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, Yeah. I remember I've been in relationships where uh, I was not super interested in my partner anymore. And I found there, like, yeah, I found like anything that they did to be sort of um, risky because I didn't want to. So, yeah, I felt like shutting down the kissing would save having to do a more flagrant shutdown later if they were indeed hmm. trying to initiate sex and so yeah like i would erect defense mechanisms to avoid like basically all forms of intimacy but that of course exacerbates the problem because yeah like my partner sometimes they didn't actually want sex they just wanted to like have some sort of like physical connection and i was avoiding all of it and so that wasn't that's a not so great pattern it is i mean it's definitely indica- indicative that there's some deeper problem in the relationship did you ever Mm -hmm. do anything is there any like really aggressive thing you did did you ever like let yourself go and stop showering or uh, (laughs) wear dirty clothes spill marinara (laughs) sauce all over your t-shirt the other room yeah um 
start saying misogynist things. Oh, did you? Uh, I mean, or, or no. was it always just? Was it always just you would sort of like what? What was your go-to way to stop it? Yeah, you push her away. I don't know. Or? It becomes subtle and sort of subconscious. I thought it was interesting. Uh, in the earlier thread we were talking about where the woman said the various excuses she had about not liking the way that other guy was initiating, like he wasn't doing foreplay enough or whatever it was. And yeah, you brought up this notion, like she actually believes what she's saying. She's not aware that she's deploying these sort of elaborate flares and and chaff to avoid having sex. And I feel like it was probably that way for me. Like I didn't know the things I was doing to sort of Avoid. Would you, I mean, would you say, hey, honey, you don't tickle my balls, right? Or like, how would you, what would no, you say? I think I was more self-aware than her, but okay, there would always be some sort of reason. Your your breasts are hanging too low today, honey. Oh, I, I actually don't, I don't know That's what, I, I don't, I'm That's not uh, in, yeah, I'm not in this situation, but I don't know what, I actually have a hard time imagining what you what you might say other than just like i'm too busy i don't have time for this like oh i'm about you know in acting kind of irritated that i could understand but uh anything more subtle i'm not sure yeah it's been a while since i was doing this and so i don't i don't remember for sure but yeah it would probably be be avoidant and sort of distant and yeah, you could like wear like thirty pairs of underwear. I'd be like, um, <laughs> what's that story? Like the hats, uh, Bartholomew's hats. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you know, you, you she, you're starting to disrobe, and you just keep having to take underwear off, and eventually she's just like, forget it. She just gets bored. Like I don't know why you're wearing thirty pairs of underwear, Keith, but obviously this is something weird going on. <laughs> just be a signal. Yeah. I like. I generally like that idea of having a, of, of the availability signal. It's not something that I've deployed in my personal life, but it's something I've seen and thought, oh, that's kind of interesting—a passive signal, particularly for a woman. It's a way. Yeah, it's like it's like a nice passive thing a woman can do that does not require her to be sort of aggressive. And assuming she deploys it, like I don't know, a few times a month, that's cool. Like it seems like a really good way to like enable the guy to to navigate I just, this. I just feel like. Like, let's say there's like some ring she wears. I just feel like every time she wears the ring, she'll like immediately get pounced on. I don't think so. Maybe I mean, not, like, but that, that would be my I don't think concern. I would do that. I don't think I would do that. I think I would be like, oh, hmm. I think, I think it would be kind of fun. You'd be like, oh, this is going to be cool. Yeah. And it would just make that day more fun because you could sort of, then you could like do some of the foreplay stuff. You'd be like, oh, you, like you'd know that you right. had a little more upper hand. Oh, that's it's an interesting, interesting It's an interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, her experience. Maybe I will deploy it. It's a, it's a compelling yeah. idea. Your experience, her experience might be like annoyance if you didn't pounce though, right? There's you know, there's some tricky psychological stuff. Oh there. yeah. No, you would be required to at some point. And so that would be probably part of the conversation, but, but uh, you could have some conversation about like how long it is to be, you know, how, how long the window is. Right. Right. So. All right. We're up over an hour here, so that'll do it for episode 104 of Your Mileage May Vary. You can reach us at YMMVPod on Twitter or at YMMVPod at gmail.com. It's also the place to ask us questions. If you do ask us a question, let us know if we can use it on the air. Or I guess, yeah, let us know if you don't want us to use it on the air. By default, we'll assume we can. And uh, if you send us feedback, we pay $10 for any feedback we receive. So just give us your Venmo or PayPal or whatever it is. Uh, We sincerely appreciate you giving us the benefit of a considerable doubt and making it through an entire episode here. And we hope to catch you next week on Your Mileage May Vary. 
physique et sans issue. Je vais, je veux et je viens. Je me retiens. Non.